Hello and welcome to the latest edition of China Inc. by Bamboo Works, where we discuss the latest business and financial news from China and what it all means. I'm Doug Young, Bamboo Works editor in chief, and I'm joined today by Renee Vangustin, one of our founding partners, who's also a longtime China watcher and former investment banker. Today we'll take a look at the latest IPO application from a Chinese ride-sharing company called Dida, which wants to make a listing in Hong Kong. And we'll also look at the latest marketing move by Maotai, one of China's most famous brands, which has announced it'll inject its boozy flavor into chocolates made by the U.S. Dove brand. We'll start with Dida, which shouldn't be mistaken for the better-known and similarly-sounding Didi Global. Dida has submitted a new IPO application to the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, which is its fourth since it first filed in 2020. Dida isn't the first ride-sharing platform to try and list without success.、Uh, the actual Dd Global also briefly listed in New York three years ago before quickly delisting after coming under fire from Beijing for failing to get a required data security review. The third major player, Hello Inc., also tried to list in the U.S. in 2021, but ultimately withdrew that application. So. Renee,、uh, why are these ride-hailing apps all having so much difficulty listing? And do you think、uh, Dida's latest application will finally succeed? Um, look, I mean, I don't know that、uh, there's an issue here that all of them are having difficulties. Let's let's just go back a bit in time,、uh, and as you mentioned,、uh, Didi Global、um, actually IPO'd. In、uh, the U.S. about three years ago, and、uh, you know, I mean, it would have been, in my view, a successful IPO <laughs> had it not be for regular regulatory action. Now, I know there's been a lot of debate about whether who was at fault for not getting approvals of today's or that or whatever, but、uh, you know, it seems that. The much、uh, the much more important issue was the fact that Didi Global had access to reams and reams of、uh, personal data about、uh, Chinese consumers in in huge numbers, and、uh, that it was、um, deemed sensitive by the Chinese government.、Um, and I think that was pretty much the reason why.、Um, The listing, if you want, bought it soon after a successful IPO.、Mm. So that was there was a very specific case、uh, at that point in time. Now it is likely that it had an impact on some of the attempts by Dida over the last three years to、um, to、uh, IPO in Hong Kong.、Um, I would suspect that、uh, initially, at least, there must have been a fair amount of soul searching、um, in the uh, uh, Chinese government and, more particularly, agencies that、uh, have to do with data security and so on, as to whether Hong Kong、uh, would be deemed a an okay venue, if you want,、uh, more than New York. And、uh, I would assume that by now that has been that question has been answered.、Uh, that the data got all the approvals required, and、uh, and is going IPO on,、uh, in Hong Kong, or at least applying、mm. for IPO in Hong Kong. 
Now, why are these companies going IPO? Well, I think that, you know, it's like every company at some point in time, you grow and you need more capital, um, especially if, you know, if, if you're in a somewhat capital intensive business, but just, just to fund growth. Uh, you've had, you know, VCs and PE firms through the years that, that have uh, pretty much funded your growth, but these guys at some point in time uh, want an exit strategy and there are only two ways to get out of there and get your money back. One is to do an IPO, the other one is to do a trade deal. So do a trade deal uh, when you basically have three players in China, uh, then at least of, of a certain size, then you start, you know, hitting on antitrust considerations and so on. So, hmm. yeah, I would think that uh, it, it therefore makes sense uh, for them to at least attempt to IPO. Hmm. Um, the, um, the second dimension to this is where do you do it? And, uh, you know, after the listing, delisting of uh, Didi Global in the U.S., I don't think that the U.S. is a venue that is going to make for a successful IPO for this kind of business because mm -hmm. they all have obviously uh, personal information about lots of Chinese people. Um, Hong Kong, I would assume, is viewed as a safer uh, environment uh, because at least it may be two systems, but it's one country. Mm -hmm. um, and then what would the alternative be? The alternative would be the Asia market. And uh, there's been a lot of talk about the fact that uh, the Chinese government would rather uh, use the uh, Asia market or let the Asia market be used by companies that are deemed, um, you know, strategic uh, and of national interest for China. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that ride sharing clearly <laughs> doesn't is fall into that. Not in that doesn't it's not in that category so um you know that may be the reason why it looks like you know hong kong is the place to go for those kinds of businesses mm -hmm. so do you think uh dida i mean again this is we don't know why their first three attempts failed but uh do you think dida will succeed this time and and do you see dd or or hello it sounds like you're you're saying they probably will go to Hong Kong too, but do you do you imagine they'll try to list again anytime soon? You know, I would think so. I mean, I think there was a reason why Didi wanted to IPO in the first place. Um, now their growth was constrained for a while uh, because the government basically limited their growth uh, for quite a while. And my understanding is that. Uh, these constraints were lifted a few months ago uh, and that, uh, you know, they're going to try and grow again. Uh, they're going to have to compete probably even more fiercely uh, with some of the other guys. So they're going to need money. Mm -hmm. And that's at least the way I look at it. And uh, then what do you do? Yeah, you go IPO. Uh -huh. uh, and no, you don't go to the U.S. I don't think that there's anybody in the U.S., certainly not the SEC to start with, who's going to let Diddy Global come back in. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so you think we might see them, like, say, within the next year or something like that? Yeah, uh, yeah, I would think so. I think a lot is probably going to depend on 
what happens with uh, Dida, uh, Dida's IPO. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, the Hong Kong market is obviously uh, not as deep pool of capital as, as the U.S. market. Uh, that's, that's for sure. There's not a lot of liquidity in the Hong Kong market to the point where the Hong Kong government has actually decided to set up a uh, working group or commission, whichever way you want to call it, mm. uh, to look into ways to boost uh, liquidity on, on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Um, I mean, my initial reaction is, you know, good luck with that, and it's going to take a lot of a long, long time. Right. But uh, it all depends on how much they would want to raise, uh, what valuation they would want to have, um, I suspect that having tried so many times, the company would err on the side of uh, valuation and size that would guarantee that the IPO will happen. Um, then you go into, you know, post-IPO trading and so on in a market that is not known for uh, lots of liquidity. And who knows what will happen and how, you know, Didi Global and Hello would look at that. Hmm. But, uh, you know, my, my view is that if you want to grow and if you want to grow in a, you know, a fiercely competitive environment in China, you, you need money. Mm -hmm. right, right. That's true anyway. Let's move on to our other topic today, which is a, a more fun story about Maltai, which... For those of you who haven't heard the name before, it's the fiery brand of Chinese liquor that's been lapping up headlines these past two weeks with a couple of very untraditional marketing tie-ups. Uh, the first of those make global headlines, and that one saw the company partner with local coffee chain Luckin to make Maotai lattes. Uh, and those did quite well, actually, selling more than 5 million lattes on their first day. Then last week, the company announced a similar tie-up with U.S. premium chocolate maker Dove. Uh, I'm not sure I'd want to eat chocolate or drink coffee flavored with Mao Tai myself, but it's certainly a good marketing gimmick, especially since Mao Tai is one of China's most recognizable brands. So do you think these moves will bring any long-term benefits to Luckin, Dove, or Mao Tai, or, or is this really just a bunch of gimmicks that are going to boost short-term sales and, and disappear because, you know, after all, people who drink coffee and eat premium chocolates do tend to be a bit younger and sort of trendier set in, in China, whereas traditional Mao Tai drinkers tend to come from the older, more traditional crowd. Well, uh, maybe in China, and you would know that better than I do, but I take uh, exception to your statement that uh, people who drink coffee and eat premium chocolate tend to be younger. Mm. <laughs> um, I've, I've been drinking coffee and eating premium chocolate all my well, life. You're not Chinese. And I'm not. The, the, the reason. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I do not really qualify anymore for the younger set. But <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it may be different in China. I mean, look, similarly, you know, I will drink, uh, I don't know, cognac or... Um, or bourbon or uh, whiskey and drink coffee at the same time, but I will never mix these things together. Mm. And I will have those drinks and eat chocolate 
you know, the better chocolate, not Dove chocolate, <laughs> but the better chocolate, All right. uh, you know, while sipping a, a good bourbon or whatever. So, um, you know, um, this this struck me uh, pretty much of, of a gimmick. I'm not saying there's not a market for it. First of all, there is always, in China uh, in particular, um, there is always a market for something new that that sounds intriguing that plays to certain themes that that are you know established as as national themes so yes mao tai is a national drink uh, lots of people drinking my understanding is that the younger generation not as much as the older generations right um and uh, so you come up with that combination you sell five million lattes on the first day that's great um but you know it's a bit like uh you know whether you're in shanghai beijing or hong kong there's a new restaurant that comes on the block and everybody flocks to it and then you know three weeks later <laughs> they're going somewhere else the attendance is half of what it was because an, a new a newer restaurant opened somewhere else so i don't know time will tell there's really i think no other way to um to look at this mm. frankly speaking uh, and you know this this may be a little bit not very charitable but uh you know i think they could have done much better than than uh, doing a deal with dove <laughs> i mean you know dove is is a good decent run-of-the-mill chocolate in in the us you know the, the interesting thing is that when i was growing up in europe um, for a while, there was, um, you know, uh, chocolate uh, manufacturers were selling, and, and still today, but much less, were selling uh, chocolates that uh, had the shape of a little bottle, and inside the chocolate, oh, you had liquor? alcohol mm. of liquor of, you know, different brands and, and all of that. And, and it was kind, when it came out, it was kind of cool and interesting, you know. You you peeled off the wrap, you put it in your mouth, you uh, you know you crocked it or you let it melt and and you had the, the the liquor eventually flowing through your mouth and 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 you were done and it was it, it was it was exciting but you know you don't you don't really see that anymore uh. and and I haven't seen that for a long long time. Yeah, yeah. So I don't You're know. You're dating yourself, Rene. Uh... I am. <laughs> well, I can't date anybody else, so I might as well date myself. Oh, haha. Okay. I right, well, I wanted to end up this 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 discussion with a, another story about Maltai, which which really hasn't made headlines in in these last two tie-ups, which is basically, and this is something sort of financial people are more familiar with, but Maltai itself. Uh, their own financial situation could be looking a little tough these days. Um, it used to be quite good. Uh, you know, Maltai's stock is, is famous in China for having soared over the last last few years. And I, I believe at one point it was actually China's most valuable publicly traded company. But what's happened lately is that the company has become sort of a piggy bank for its debt strap parent, which is the government of its home province of Guizhou, uh, and they're reportedly having all kinds of trouble there paying their bills. Now, this isn't Maotai. This is uh, the Guizhou provincial government. 
So in that light, do you think these these new tie-ups are an effort to squeeze more money from its brand? And, you know, what are the longer-term implications of the company's ownership by a provincial government that's facing such big debt problems? All right. So this is a much more serious uh, discussion than the previous one mm. on this uh, uh, chocolate uh, combo. First of all, Maotai, a few years ago, and now this is, I think even this goes back before COVID, was already forced to give some shares in the company to uh, the local government in between inverted uh, bracket. I don't know exactly what part of the local government, but uh, that, uh, that made headlines at the time, at least among investors. Uh, and it did happen before, so uh, it's um, it is possible that it would happen again. The uh, every company typically wants to grow um, for a number of reasons. It's good for employment. It's good for at least if you look at it from a government standpoint. It's good for employment. It's good for taxes revenues. Um, it's good for you know all kinds of reasons, including. If you Maotai, the national drink, uh, visibility, image, and, and all of that. So it is possible that, uh, genuinely speaking, this management at, uh, at Maotai has been looking and continues to look for avenues to grow. Um, you know, if you already have a lot of different iterations of the Maotai drink itself in terms of special bottles, limited editions, and all of that. And I think that all of these things are attempts to, um, you know, create more demand, create more sales. And uh, and they decided to go this way. Mm. Uh, Luckin Coffee, uh, you could argue, uh, makes some sense because uh, they have so many points of sale uh, in in China. Uh, they're growing pretty fast. Uh, seemingly, more and more Chinese people drink coffee. So you've, that's a growth avenue to some extent. Mm -hmm. uh, the chocolate and Dove, um, you know, I have no idea how Dove is successful um, in China on its own. Um, that seems to me to be a bit less promising in terms of at least, um, you know, growing sales than the tie-up with Luckin Coffee. Mm. But yes, I'm sure that, uh, you know, the Guizhou government would love to see uh, Maotai continue to grow and uh, grow sales, grow profits, um, taxes, uh, employment, and all of right, that. Right, right. And so they can also mop up some of uh, Guizhou's debt. The, the stuff that I heard about I, in my last job at Caixin was that... Uh, Maotai was basically being forced to buy, you know, all these debt for equity swaps and, and stuff, you know, basically they're using mm. Maotai as, like I said, a piggy bank to sort of mop up a lot of bad debt all over the province. But anyhow. It's... Yeah, but I mean, look, I mean, they own it. Uh, and, you know, there are different ways that they can extract money out of yeah, it. Exactly. Uh, it could be in the form of dividends. It could be in so many different ways. So, you know, they own it. They obviously have third-party investors, but, you know, that's never going to stop uh, any majority owner, at least in this part of the world, <laughs> from doing exactly what is good for the majority owner and not good for the minority right. owners. Not, right, exactly. 
All right. Well, we'll have to again see what happens with this one, but uh, I wouldn't wouldn't be too optimistic for Maltai. Anyhow, uh, let's let's wrap it up. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening again this week. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us and rate us and share us on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to join us again next week for another edition of China Inc. When we'll look once more at the latest trending Chinese business topic. Hope to see you all then. Goodbye for now. Thank you all.